Hi, welcome to the Miami Church Podcast. My name is Crystal Guayco, and I will be your host for today. If you want more information about Miami Church or would love to get connected, email us at hello at mammychurch.com. Without further ado, here's the message. Enjoy! I read a report this week that uh, 11% of pastors self-report that they feel competent in in doing their role of a pastor right now in the midst of everything that's going on in the world. also read another report that said about half of those pastors want to quit. (laughs) I'm not quitting, but hey, go ahead and do pray for your pastor and his family. That would be great. Uh, but but here, here, here's what I know, and I, I have this uh, a report here right in front of me. So this year has, has placed some new strains on, on you and on me and really everybody. It, it, it's on relationships, and it's like everybody I know is struggling. And you're struggling to some degree, and I'm struggling to some degree. And, and now more than ever, this pandemic... Uh, what we're facing in the world with, with so much hate and racism and, and it's election year. All of this is, is affecting you and it's affecting me. Here's some things that uh, are being affected. Here, I'm reading this report in front of me. It says, mental health has reached crisis levels. Now, anxiety and depression aren't new but, but the reach of these interior life challenges is even wider today than it was before the pandemic. I mean, hope for the future is plummeting and reasons for anxiety abound. I mean, how do you get out of bed when you've just been laid off? I mean, how do you go get groceries when you, you feel like you're walking around and everybody's going to infect you with the virus? 2020 has amped up the volume on all the things that we humans worry about. And it's added new ones too. Mental health has reached a crisis level. Second thing the report talked about is the gnawing problem of loneliness is growing. The emotional challenge that we face is that there's unprecedented levels of loneliness. Now, this has been growing in our society for a while but, but a recent survey says that 50%, like half of people, say they are lonely or they experience lonely or they feel lonely on a weekly basis. Loneliness defines our times. We're more connected, but we're more disconnected than ever. We, we live in a culture, we're more connected, but yet, truthfully, we're more Disconnected And loneliness is connected to all kinds of emotional and relational problems, whether it be porn or unwanted singleness or marital problems, uh, challenges with sexual intimacy, addiction, depression, anxiety. See, we weren't made to be alone. Uh, but people are feeling lonely. They're feeling isolated. They're feeling stuck. The third thing the report says is that relationships are straining under new pressures. Beyond the inner life, relationships, marriages, uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, uh, 
parents, kids, relationships are under pressure too. Now that the world has shrunk, right? Now that the world has shrunk to the size of your apartment or to the size of your house. Married couples are navigating whole new sets of challenges. And it's just practical, everyday problems that are exasperated. Financial strain, working from home, cleaning the house. Can you imagine? I have have three young kids. When they're home all day, how hard it is to keep the house clean. It's impossible. Here's another thing the report says that... uh, growing in this time and with all this going on in the pandemic is that addictions have deepened. That addictions are at an all-time high. Now again, many of us have struggled with addictions before the pandemic, but right now statistics tell us that addictions are at an all-time high. Pornography, drugs, alcohol, Other addictions are at an all-time high. Now, I want to pause here. When I was a kid, they used to say, I want to interrupt this regularly scheduled program. I want to pause here and just pray. Okay, because I want you to know that you're not alone. Whatever you're feeling, and whether you're feeling lonely, whether you're struggling with an addiction, whether you're battling anxiety and depression, whatever it is that's going on in your life with your relationships, I want you to know you're not alone and that I love you and that I feel a lot of the same challenges that you're feeling. And I just, I want to pause right now in the middle of this and pray for you. And so God, I don't fully understand God, there's so much going on in our world and in our city and in our community. And God, so many times it feels overwhelming. And God, people that I love, people that I care about are struggling. And they're struggling with anxiety and depression. They, that God, they're, they're, God they're, they're struggling in their relationships. Marriages are suffering. God, so many are struggling with addiction. God, and I just, God, I just pray that you would just make yourself known. God, that you would bring healing and restoration. God, that you would use your church to be what your church was created to be, God, and that we would be the community, that we'd be the hands and the feet to demonstrate the love and the compassion and the hope of Jesus. And so, God, I love you, and I just pray peace over us, even in these moments right now. And, God, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, I want you to know you're not alone. And if you are really struggling, if there are issues, I I just encourage you to to reach out. And one of my counselors always says to me, he he says, you either reach out or act out. And so I just want to encourage you, reach out. Reach out to someone, someone that's safe. There are people that can help you. Our church is here to help you. Now, it's interesting to me that we've been in this study, if you've kind of been with us, we've been walking through uh, the the book of Acts. And Acts comes after the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, story of Jesus. And then Acts is the story of the first church. And what's interesting to me is we plan these message series way out in advance. We try to be like years, sometimes 18 months in advance. And so this has been scheduled for, for the fall of 2020 for a long time. And little did we know when we planned all this that there would be a pandemic and all this would be going on in our world right now. And so what's been interesting to me is, man, 
we are studying the, the, the men and the women that were part of this first church. And again, our, we've just been saying, hey, we want to just go back to the original idea. Church has become a lot of things. When you think of church, you, know, you think of a building, you think of mass, you think of something. But, but we were like, what was God's original idea? What did Jesus, when he said, I will build my church, what was he talking about? And so we've just been looking at these men and women. And, and, and as we've been going through this, and as we've been reading it together and studying together, the thing that has struck me as I've deep-dived into this is that these, these men and women, they were, they were going, that was a hard time. It was, first century was not easy. I think it's easy sometimes just to read like, oh, wow, yeah, they did that miracle or that happened. That's so, but it, it was not an easy time. I mean, there were financial strains. There, there was disease. If you study history, there was a lot of disease and things that were going on in that period. And obviously, they didn't have medical advancements like we have today. There was hate. I mean, think about the tension between Jews and the Samaritans. Think about Jews and Gentiles, people of different color skin. A lot of the same things that we're feeling today, there was, there was hatred. There was a, a distrust. There was racism going on. And on top of that, the first believers, those who were followers of Jesus, they were being persecuted. I mean, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm standing here in 2150, right, where, where we gather when we gather in person. I'm standing in this room. I'm not in fear of someone breaking in that door, right, to, to, to beat me or to arrest me because I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about God's word. I'm not in fear of that. But these men and women lived in, in, in that. They had persecution. Yet in the midst of it all, as we read their story, they didn't lose hope. It doesn't mean life was easy. It doesn't mean they didn't struggle. It doesn't mean they didn't have some of the same feelings and doubts that we have, some of the same questions. But, but they, they, didn't, they didn't lose hope. They had this firm belief. The world was not spinning out of control. God was not on vacation or gone. God was still in charge. And these men and women, they had this firm belief because they, they, they had seen something. Or better yet, they had seen someone. And his name was Jesus. And again, these, these were eyewitnesses. They had literally heard Jesus teach. They had seen him be arrested and beaten. They had seen Jesus on a cross. They had seen Jesus be put in a tomb and then they had seen Jesus alive. They had seen Jesus with their own eyes. This wasn't like down the, this wasn't like a, on the other side of the world. This was like down the street, around the corner. We saw him. We had breakfast with him. We had lunch with him after he came back to life. They saw someone. And when they saw Jesus, it validated every single thing he had said, every single thing he had taught. And they put their faith and they put their hope in him. And they said, Jesus is who he says he is. He is the son of God. He is the Messiah. And he has came, he has come to make a, us, a bridge for us to be in a right relationship with God. And when they experienced that, they, they couldn't help. They couldn't help but give their life to following Jesus. But didn't make it easy. Now, Jesus didn't say, hey, come follow me, man, and it's just going to be a bed of roses from here. I mean, we're going to cruise. This is like head to the beach, baby. No, in fact, Jesus told them. He said, listen, John 16, he says, I've told you these things so that you can have peace because of me. He says, in this world, you will 
have trouble, but be encouraged because I have won the battle over the world. He says, you will. It's not like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe a little rough there. You will have troubles. There will be trials. There will be sorrows. There will be pain. There will be grief. There will be uncertainty. It will be unstable. You will have trouble. But hey, hey, don't lose hope. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged because what ultimately I have ultimately given you peace. I love how the writer John said it. He says, you can have peace because of me. You can have peace because of me. You know, I was with this guy this week, and it's a good example of this. And I know him, and I know his story, I know his life, and honestly, his life is not easy right now. It, it's not easy. Like If you just saw the circumstances of his life, it is not easy. There's financial strain, uh, there's relational strain, and his life is not easy. But yet when I'm, I'm with him, there's a certain peace. Now, he doesn't have his head buried in the sand. He's not in denial. But he realizes, you know what? Life's hard. There are some challenges. But when you're, when you're with him, when you're, when you're sitting with him, when you're talking with him, he's at peace. What is that? This peace. If you look at his circumstances, you say there's no way there should be peace. But yet, if you see his demeanor, there's peace. And Jesus says there, there can be peace. In the midst of all of this, there can be peace because of me. Friends, do you need peace today? Do you, do you want peace? I mean, is there so much turmoil? Is there so much stirring inside of you? Do you want peace? And Paul calls it the peace that passes human understanding. Like It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make common sense. Peace that passes human understanding. Understand, you need that kind of peace today? Friends, because of Jesus, you have the opportunity to be in a right relationship with God. And Jesus, if he were physically standing here today, he would say, friends, just give me your life. Come follow me. Surrender to me. Come be my disciple. Come be my follower. And, and friends, we can go on this journey together. And in the midst of it all, it will be hard. You will have trouble, but you can find peace. Peace for your Soul. Now, we're in part 10 of this, uh, and we've just been going through Acts chapter by chapter, right? In just chapter 1, and now we're in chapter 10. And we've been going through this, and so we come to chapter 10. And chapter 10 brings up some themes that we've been seeing over and over again. There's these certain themes that happen, and you see the themes like, oh... And again, this is what you want to look at. We're studying the life of the first church. What are the themes? What can we learn from them? And so you see these themes. Now, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to have time to read all of chapter 10. In fact, I'm not going to have time to deep dive into it as much as I want to today. But, but don't, that's okay. We're going to come back in a couple of weeks to Acts 10 uh, in a message that I'm working on for like three weeks from now. Uh, on Acts 10, and we're going to pull out some of the things that I'm not going to be able to pull out today. We, there's so much here. Now, uh, if you have your Bible or if you have an app, you can look at Acts 10, and I'm going to encourage you to read Acts 10. Again, we're trying to read through the Acts together. So read chapter 10. God, what are you saying to me? Read through chapter 10 every day for a week. Now, but if you were to read it, 
you're going to see some themes. There's a guy named Cornelius. He's a Roman commander, and he has this vision. And the vision basically says, hey, send, send, send for Peter. He's in Joppa, right? And so Cornelius sends these three dudes over to get Peter. And uh, at the same time, Peter is on a rooftop. He's hungry, and he's praying. He has this vision from God. And these three dudes arrive, and basically God says to Peter, hey, Go with them, don't hesitate, just go what they do. And then Peter ends up going with them. Now, what's interesting is if you, again, I don't have time to read the whole thing, but if you look at a few verses here, <laughs> I, I, I love So Peter's on the rooftop, he comes down. Again, I'll pick up in verse 21. He says, it says, uh, John, uh, Luke's telling the story, Dr. Luke. He says, Peter went down and spoke to the men. He's like, I'm the one you're looking for. He already knew, like, hey, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? What do you want? Verse 22 says this. It says, the, the men replied, we have come from Cornelius, the Roman commander. He's a good man. He worships God. And all the Jewish people respect him. A holy angel told him to invite you to his house. Then Cornelius can hear what you have to say. So then Peter invited the men into his house to be his guest. Right, and the story goes. But there's some themes here. Right? You see this in Cornelius, you see this uh, in Peter, you see this in the previous nine chapters that we've been reading. Is, is there are women, there are men who are seeking. They're seeking. And, and they have this belief, they have this real faith because they saw someone and they 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 saw him and they have this this posture or this position of of following, of listening. Again, we've talked about this a lot. We talked about this last week in, in 9, but you just continue to see this theme. And they're seeking divine direction. In fact, one version of this, of Acts 10.22, says it this way. It says that, that, that he's a good man and that the, that the angel gave him divine direction. And could you use some divine direction in your life like literally again we talked about this last week that God is speaking to you and and he he wants you to hear his voice could you use some divine direction in his life again these men and women they they they, they didn't they didn't have anything different than you and I have they weren't special or miraculous or they're just normal humans but they had they had positioned their life they were seeking they were in prayer you know, one of the things God's been prompting me on, and we're going to talk about this in a couple of weeks when we get to Acts chapter 12, is God has been challenging me and encouraging me to enter into a, an intense season of prayer. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm going to challenge our church coming up here to a season of prayer and fasting. And this is what God is calling me into as pastor's leader here at Miami Church. And I'm going to invite you guys in. Like, could, we, could we go into a season, before we get into the holidays, where we can, can really just seek God. God, what are you saying to us, God? And, 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 learn, and learn to just pour out our hearts to God in prayer. Peter, God spoke to Peter. What was he doing? He was praying. God spoke to Cornelius. What was he doing? He was praying. The other theme that I just see here uh, over and over is 
that in the midst of all that was going on, in the, in the, in the midst of uh, just the disease, in the midst of, of all the, the, the tension and, and the, uh, the racial tension, in the midst of persecution, the thing that drove the church, the thing that drove the early church, the thing that drove these men and women was to tell as many people about Jesus as possible. We say it here, we say we want to help people find and follow Jesus. And so in the midst of all that, or you, could, you would think you would turn insular, or you would think you would turn to focus, and you're like, well, I'm struggling, or I'm feeling this, or I'm scared. Or, but yet, what they did is they actually went outward. Right? And there was this outward focus. Right? I mean, this makes sense, right? If you think about this, uh, last trip I took to Disney, uh, I was in Epcot, and they're redoing Epcot right now and all that. And, and my kids, my two oldest kids, who are nine and eight, they wanted to ride a ride called Mission Space. I mean, you, rid, you ridden, rode, I don't know the right English there. <laughs> have, have you been on Mission Space? And you know if you go up there, there's like two lines, right? I think, I think one of them's like the green ride, which is the easy ride, and one of them's like the, the orange ride, which is the hard ride. <laughs> and so we were like, we're not doing the easy ride. We're going on the hard ride. And so we get in there, and we get up in there, and I don't know if, you, if you're ever in this ride. You, you wait, and you go up in there, and they have this video before you get on it. It tries to scare you. If you're, if you're pregnant or if you're motion sick, if you've got high blood pressure, if, you're, if you breathe, you do not ride this ride, you will be scared. And we're like, what are you talking about? We're tough, right? And I'm trying to act big, right? So we get in this ride, and I realize pretty quickly that I, 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 don't, I don't think I like this ride. And so you sit in there, and the, and the thing comes really close to your face, right? And it is really tight. And the minute it locked in, I start thinking, uh-oh, I'm in trouble, I'm feeling claustrophobic, I'm going to throw up, how do I get out here? And I'm literally reaching around going, there must be an eject button somewhere. And my hands are like hitting, I'm like, I got to get out of here. And about the time I'm starting to panic, right, my little daughter is sitting next to me and she goes, Daddy, I want off. <laughs> Daddy, I want off. And I said, me too, sister, <laughs> me too. Right, Daddy, but you know what happened in that moment? is my, my focus shifted from me and my anxiety and my panic and me wanting to eject to, like, i gotta, I got to get her through this. And I reached over and I grabbed her hand and I started saying calming things, right? Like, we're, we're going to be okay. It's, 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 it's almost over. Just a few more minutes. Hey, we can do this together. Hold my hand. Let's have some fun, right? And my focus shifted. You know what happened? My... my my panic started coming down because I was focusing on her, and we made it. We didn't throw up. We didn't get sick. I'll, I'll never ride the ride again, but, 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 but we made it, right? There's something that happens, right, when you, when you, you turn your focus. So here, here was this early church, and they, 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 were, they were facing all of it. It was not easy, friends. Their life was not easy. Being a follower of Jesus in the first century was not easy. Being persecuted is not easy. But yet, somehow they flipped their focus and they said, hey, this is, we're not denying this, we're not ignoring this, but we are going to tell as many people about Jesus as possible. You know, many of us right now are feeling overwhelmed. We're feeling stressed. We're feeling anxious. We're struggling financially or we're struggling relationally. And those are 
true and real. And friends, we are here to help you. But you can't focus on you. See, part of being a follower of Jesus is that, yes, man, yes, yes. God, you love me and you have a purpose and plan for my life. But at the same time that all of that is true, it's not really about me. God, you love me and you've got a purpose and plan for my life, not for my sake, but for the sake of others. And that's what, that's what these men and women got, is God has a purpose. God has a plan. And God loves you. And you were created on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. But ultimately, ultimately, your purpose, your gifts, your talents, who you are, how you're created, it's not for you. It's so that you can be the hands and feet of Jesus. It's so that you can be a conduit of grace and of love and of hope and of compassion. And Jesus was the ultimate model of this. Jesus came and Jesus took care of himself. He took time away and he prayed and and he got alone with God and he did things. He had rhythms in his life that took care of himself. But ultimately, Jesus was here. Why? Jesus was here, right, to tell other people that they can be in a right relationship with God. And friends, our church, why are we here? Man, I love our church. I love our people. I love community. I love being together. And those are all great, and we need to embrace and enjoy those. But ultimately, friends, we exist to help people find and follow Jesus. People that are far from God, that desperately need peace, that desperately need hope, that desperately need to know and be in a right relationship with Jesus. And then, friends, once we are followers of Jesus, to to be on a path to, to being who God created us to be, to reach our maximum kingdom potential. Man, I love you, and whatever you're feeling, whatever you're struggling with, we are here for you, we want to pray for you, but I want to remind you today that your purpose that your calling, that your gifts are so much bigger than just you. Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email at hello at miamichurch.com. Also, be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss out on any future conversations. I hope our time together inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey.